Hi everyone, welcome to our Brand Boutique Elite Speaker Series. I have a very special guest here today, Michael Silvers. Thank you so much for being on today. No, thank you so much. It's just, you know, it's a great day. It's Thursday. It's it's the the light is not shining. It's actually cloudy right now, but the light is always shining somewhere. And just thank you so much for having me on. You're amazing at what you do. Thank you. Well, I'm here in sunny Florida, so we do have some sunshine. Um, I have taken a little hiatus from Boston because it's been um, a little chilly up there. So Michael Silvers works with entrepreneurs all over the world, and he helps them with strategies to grow their business. And he really focuses about in on creating masterminds and communities um, for entrepreneurs to really get information, connect with the right people, build partnerships and affiliate partners, things like that. So Michael, tell us a little bit about how you got into this space and why you love doing this. You know, it's interesting because, um, and, I, and I'm going to move around, by the way, to 20, you know, 20 years on stage or whatever, I can't stop moving. <laughs> but, you know, for me, it was really a, a change of, of a life direction. It was, a, it was there was a change because um, I was born and raised in L.A. and always wanted to be of service. So I became an LAPD officer and I was injured on the job very early. Um, so I had to do a shift and the shift really became, um, you know, I did what everybody else does in L.A. I worked in Hollywood for a year. And but one of the producers uh, that I worked with, his mom was Elvis's PR person for the whole time that Elvis was on the planet. And she sat me down once and she said, is this really what you want to do? Because Hollywood will eat you up. It will lead you up if this is not exactly your direction. I said, I don't know. She's like, go back to university. <laughs> Do what everybody does, figure it out, and then come back. I said, great. So I went back to university, got my master's in clinical psych, worked with children and adults for eight years. Then I did what everybody else does. I became a male nurse, right? Male nurse jokes were done. Um, and <clears throat> was becoming, I moved up to Seattle at that point with my wife and family. And then uh, was becoming a nurse practitioner because I wanted to open lots of clinics. And I realized, all right but I'm going to be working 90 hours a week and on call all the time. And this is not the life particularly I want. So uh, just when I said it was like universe, Lord, drop something into my lap. Um, and this is where you start. I started like my own internal mastermind, a group of individuals to create something out of nothing. Uh, network marketing jumped into my lap and I didn't really want to do it. But my wife said, this is something here for both of us. She was a nurse too. We did really well within a year and I was out of nursing. That was the end for me. So it's, you know, and then her just a couple of years later, so for us, it's really been this road of, you know, 21 years now of education knowledge. But we first ran into Bob Proctor and Bob Proctor was with the company. So I hosted lunches, which means I got to hang out with Bob all the time. I realized I knew I needed the mentoring, let alone a group of master, a group of the, that were smarter, faster and better than I was to work around me. And so, you know, we worked with him and we there was a coaching program for the teens of the company. Um, and then it just went from there. And then I spent. Then, then uh, basically, my my group, I sent them all to something called the Millionaire Mind Intensive with Harv Ecker. They all became warriors, and that made them independent and built their own businesses and said, Michael, you want to go with your wife, go do personal development, go. We got this. So we did, and we started to travel, took every course on the planet because Bob Proctor said, buy every course, read every book. And my wife and I built coaching divisions, and all of a sudden, we're running the one for Chris Howard in Australia for five years, and basically, we're there off and on almost every month. Um, but realized at that point that it, ha it had to have a group of individuals together that work together to create that something out of nothing. 
And for those of you who haven't read Think and Grow Rich and Outwitting the Devil, do it right now, right by Napoleon Hill, um, because it will show you the importance of any business. So uh, uh, after five years on the road, slowed that down a little bit. And then T. Harv Eker called and said, do for me for Peak Potentials what you've done for them. And I did. And I was with them for eight years. But they wanted me to build a mastermind. And they had Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership, and they wanted me to build a mastermind that would sit right around the $25,000 mark, not Tony's $85,000, which is really three hundred grand to be part of. Um, and we did. I ran it, sold it, and trained it for years. And so all these business associations, you know, and then, then of course, there's, there's Bill Walsh and Power Team, and, and then, you know, my legacy product, which is the Mentor Studio, which has been my podcast. The brilliance about a mastermind, very simply, is it's a group of individuals that get together in any business. I just kicked my computer. In any business that creates something out of nothing. So wherever you are in business, whether you're just starting, you've been in business, or you've been in business a long time, you can gather a group of individuals together that help each other, that promote each other, but that work together to create something greater. And that's been my, that's sort of my build up to where I am now um, and all the masterminds I've built. But we've had people who have masterminds in cattlemen associations, Hallmark stores, dentists, uh, doctors, nature pass. Um, and there's, and I can talk about the different ways to do that and how that looks. So, but that's, that's why I'm here and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I love that. You know, I never knew that you were in nursing before. Mm -hmm. or a police officer that's a fun fact <laughs> yeah there's all those little things right and i always when i used to do an 18 minute sort of stage version because as you tell your story you actually enroll and create rapport with the audience right so you weave in all the different facts so it's a much more longer drawn out with terrible dry jokes but <laughs> i know it's and sometimes i look back i think okay you know why the police officer didn't happen because i think my parents were probably praying that it <laughs> ended, and it ended soon it was in the academy um you know and it was the kind of thing that i had trained for years and it's all i wanted to be and i watched adam 12 growing up that's for you people who are younger you have no idea what i'm talking about um and i thought it was my way there was always that part of me that wanted to help others and do for others and i think it really came out of that and it's a way i saw it and i grew up in la i love growing up in la it was awesome um but i think it was my way to be of service to others and that's the great thing about masterminds is each individual in the mastermind is always of service to the other person. Yeah, for sure. And and it's really each one of those like jobs, even though they're very different, like police officer, you know, leading workshops, holding masterminds, being a nurse, those are all very different industries, but they're all of service, all helping you know, people. So that's super cool. And, you know, I know Michael personally and I know that he's always trying to help somebody, uh, you know, always looking to see what he can do, always being of service. And, and that I think, you know, when I first met you, I was like, oh, I like him. He's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, it is. It's it's you know, it's really funny because my wife and I have done a lot of events. We traveled a lot together and did a lot of events together. Um, but you know, and she's very much of service. She's actually, she's, she's actually a Franciscan. So her whole life is that it's that service component and being of service. But I saw that early on and she probably taught me even more about that because my family are, are Brooklyn and Bronx, New Yorkers and go get it and get it done and get in there and action packed. And, 
But I really saw, you know, there was a couple of events when we started working with Chris Howard, where, you know, here we are, we're president club members of this network marketing company, blah, 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 blah. And we're moving chairs for him. And we're, you know, whatever it takes, you're never bigger than the event and you're never bigger than those that show up. <clears throat> and every person that entered the door, it was a three-day personal development event. We greeted them, wonderful, anything we can do. Um, and I think it's that attitude. And I look for people who will do that, who will do whatever it takes at an event, who will do whatever it takes for their audience. Those are the kind of people I wanna work with. Yeah. That's really cool. I actually did do the peak potential events uh, or workshops and seminars and things. Well, I read uh, TR Records book and you know they were offering the Millionaire Minds Intensive as part of purchasing the book and you know so I went to that and then I actually um, how I met Bill Walsh and was introduced to Power Team was through that and then I did um, the Peak Potentials Mastermind in Hawaii. Yeah and, the inner circle? Um, yep I did that maybe yeah. 2013 or 14. Before that, probably. Maybe? Yeah, before yeah. that. Probably 12. But that's okay for another Maybe day. 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably 12. That seems about right. Yeah. I think that was the last time he did that, the inner circle part. Yeah. And then we went on, you know, when Harv sold the company to Richard, which just meant the IP is still his, um, to Richard Tanner Success Resources. That's where we built the Global Mastermind. You know, we built the For Peaks, the Mastermind program that became the next generation, but very much, very much um, built on a mastermind network. Not a, not, it's not a networking event. That's the one thing we were very clear is that you're, you're joining it. And people would always say, it's so funny, Michael, you're telling me for 25K, I'm joining something to be of service. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's, not, it's not about your business because if you're going to help the other individuals in there and you're going to make a difference, that is what changes the world and the environment. And, and it worked really well. And the other yeah. thing too, is, is when you build something like that, you know, in your business funnel, you've got to put the mastermind in there somewhere. Um, but what happens is that you also can have individuals that are brand new in business to those who have made a lot of money. And if you get them to be of service and work together, it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And they learn from each other. I think that that's super important in any area of life, being of service and looking <laughs> to see what you can do to su support your communities and because it all starts with who we are, what energy, what we are creating in the world, you know, in the inauguration of um, President Biden, I loved that their message was about unity and working together and building and supporting rather than division, because quite frankly, in no one can get to the next level alone and with a negative mindset. And when you do help and support and work together, you know, people appreciate that. And especially in the masterminds, you know, of course, people want to join masterminds to meet new people and connect. But the actual, you know, benefit is when you can contribute to And when you're contributing, people then learn more about who you are, what you're about, what your your area of expertise is. So it's kind of like you're building this relationship with somebody, but they're now getting comfortable with you. And then you're building like your referral networks too, because without, you know, you wouldn't refer somebody that just said, oh, I do X. You want to 
feel like you can trust them, they're a good person, that they are committed to their work. And because everyone wants to refer people to good people that right. they you know, have confidence and trust in. You don't want to be like, oh yeah, I think this guy over here does this thing. So go work with him. It, it's just, and so there's so much value building a community and you know, then you feel confident. Oh yes, work with my friend over here. We're in the same group together. And I, and I love that. And I love when people, I always am finding new people that are, I'm like, oh, you're awesome at this. I need to introduce you to this person. And so I created, you know, my mastermind a couple months ago because I was, I was always sending these email intros to people and I'm like, okay, now we can all meet on our like session so i do tuesdays at noon uh eastern standard time and i'm like okay you need to meet my client you need to meet my friends you need to meet this person i know come on and, and meet them in real life because it's even more impactful when you get to like speak to somebody rather than just a written email well and i think that there's there's it's the connection it's the community right we look you know people used to say well do people really want community well, just take a look at facebook <clears throat> so i mean it's so we're we desire the community especially now more than ever right because we've lost some of that community for the moment um but a lot of us have really reached out and use zoom zoom family zoom cousins zoom right we're all doing that zoom business and when you're face to face with people and you really get together that that is a huge difference because it, i'm not there just to 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 spew my business i'm not there i'm there to be of service to help others and you want to work with people that you know like and trust and it gives you the time to build that up let alone i don't know everything so if I have a group of individuals that are there for me, <coughs> excuse me, there for me, um, it makes it a lot different in business. It's a lot more fun in business um, and it will help propel your business. And they're not really mentoring you because a mentor is somebody usually further along down the road. Um, but a mastermind, you can find a mentor within a mastermind at times mm -hmm. and find that person you want to work with. But it does create. Now, here's the difference. Here's the one thing you can create community which is one thing. But when the mastermind becomes a social club, you're going to lose some of the focus because then stuff just doesn't get done. That's, so that's it's, uh, with the networking groups too. It's always been a little bit of a, where does the networking end and the social start and how do I make the two? And that doesn't mean that you don't like each other. But even when like we set up accountability partners with people and we, you know, we used to do this all the time. Um, it's a three minute call. What do you mean it's a three minute call? Well, there's two of you. You each get a minute and a half you know, this is what you're going to do today. This is your goals. This is what you're going to get done. This is your week. You're done. It's not, <clears throat> it's not how the kids, how are you? Because when it gets to that, you never get anything done. And that makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely having the chit chat be one part and, and, you know, having that personal relationship school too, but especially, um, you know, having it very designed to say like, this is our focus and cause we want to be effective and efficient and get things done when we're coming from it, from a business perspective. I would love to know what are, you know, we, you talked about the social aspect and the networking aspect and the mastermind aspect. Where do you see, maybe some areas in which people fail to have their masterminds be effective and some of the tips on how to really get the most and um, have it really be beneficial for the community. Yeah. So um, a couple things. 
you have to first of all think of frequency. So if I'm because virtual now has changed everything, right? We used to just in the other masterminds, we used to do a call once once a week. I'm trying to remember our, how I did it because I ran it <laughs> once a week, um, and then we would have the live events every three months, every quarter, right? It brought people together, which was a pretty good clip because every three months people are working on something else, they're getting something done. Um, but if you're virtual, you have to be a little careful of Zoom burnout. So people are on a lot of Zoom calls. Um, you know, when it comes to frequency, this really depends on your group. I like the frequency of probably uh, twice a month because twice a month is enough of a connection. It just, it depends on your purpose and your goal and your, your end result too. But I like the, the twice a month because I think once a week starts to burn them out a little bit. Sometimes the business ideas don't have enough time to percolate. I mean, I'll even take a once a month, but sometimes once a month's a little spread for the community. So then you have to sort of have an active, you know, group uh, where like Facebook group or something they can go to. Um, so I think bi-weekly or, you know, uh, which is twice a month, not, and then, or once a month works really well. I think right around 90 minutes works really well. And I think within the mastermind, it's really, uh, and, and if you're going to go around the horn every time and introduce people, there's always new people. People are going to get bored, never come back. So I always say within the mastermind, you're going to get to know each other. You're going to get to go know each other. And so maybe in the at the end of the mastermind, what I'll do is I'll say, I'm going to leave the board open for 30 minutes so you guys can chat with each other. That allows, but you should still be listening to what's going on in case just nobody does anything, like tries to grab every client. Um, and so I like that sort of 90 minute to two hour clip. And, and it really becomes you dive right into the mastermind, get them in groups. How does that look? The strength of the group together. You know, I always put people on hot seats. Every mastermind I've ever built, there's always somebody on the hot seat for a couple of minutes. The people pitch you know, ideas to the person about what's going on. And that seems to work really well. Um, I, and then if I'm going to do the networking component, I leave it to the end. I always leave because first of all, it keeps people on, right? Because they want to network. They're not, I, I know how this goes. Number two, they see the power of, I've just gotten ideas from eight other people that I've never even thought about. Or, um, and as they gather in the ideas, I say, you got to be very clear that you have to be open and receptive. And the only thing when people are telling you ideas that you get to say is thank you or thank you for sharing. Not, I've done that, I tried that, I because that stops the flow of, of really contact. And yeah. that works really well. Yeah, I like that part because, you know, there is a limited amount of time that each person gets to speak. So I find it, I set a timer. So I give people, and then my phone buzzes with that timer. But then sometimes people will continue to go on and on. And it's, I don't want to be rude, but I want to keep time so that everyone gets an opportunity to share. Um, and so that's a good thing to put in. You know, when people do share, you say thanks, not kind of justifying what they have given. Um, you know, I do that too. And I think too, sometimes people will give advice that you're like, oh, that's not necessarily the right fit for what I'm trying to do. But, you know, thank you for the share. Right. And I think that's the, you know, just because you're receptive at the moment and you're receptive. You're what happens is we're always thinking for the next thing. Right. As, as you and I are talking, we're already planning five steps down. And in a mastermind, what's really important is to stay within the moment and to let things come. And I always two things that I think are really critical is, number one, have a timekeeper. So if you're facilitating, you don't keep the time. 
because the timekeeper can say time. Then the facilitator, well, the great thing about Zoom is you can just turn their mic off, right? And, and you can set that as a frame. So as we go through this, uh, when the timekeeper says time, I'm going to, you know, you have 10 seconds to wrap or I turn your mic off. Um, because we keep on time, we respect each other's time, and we're going to do that as a commitment. All in, right? Get, and you get everybody's commitment. Um, the other thing, too, I like within masterminds is that there's always somebody who can take notes. I think that's really important. So because when I'm taking in concepts and ideas, I should just be sitting back and just listening and relaxing and taking it in. And I don't have to worry because I know there's somebody else taking notes. So usually I have a scribe or a, you know, a keeper. Now, Zoom is great because you can get trans transcription now. Sometimes it's funny, but you can get that. Um, so that's I like that. It takes also the onus off the facilitator, especially with the timekeeping. So. so I like that. I didn't necessarily think of that. So I do have um, Julian on my team and she is sits in to kind of help with things. And, you know, if somebody's having trouble logging in, you know, she manages that. But I, I'm going to have her uh, take the notes so that because I send out an email at the end with everyone's information for them to connect. And um, if they have any free offers or stuff, we add that into the email for the group. So I like the note taking because there are some concepts and ideas that might be brought up that might be nice to kind of share again when everyone's focused on looking at the screen and, and chatting. That's right. And that keeps it, it does keep it focused. It keeps it, and because here's what you get too. When people are either taking notes or doing other things, you get the scatter, you get the looking down, you get, you know, the, you know, you know they're on their phone, right? There's, there's things going on. And when somebody's taking notes and you've said to the group, you don't have to take notes. We have a note keeper. We'll take every single note. We also get a transcription. We'll get it all to you. What I want is everybody focused right here. So now you start to draw their attention. And if this is not a good time for you or you have other things going on and you can't stay focused, that's okay. But what we ask, and so you create parameters, you create uh, a set of, it's a set of roles in a way, but you do it from a loving and, and open place. You also say that we, for this time, 90 minutes, we're in a bubble. And is in this bubble, we're in a bubble to be of service to each other. And if that's a place you can be right now, I'm so excited. If not, that's okay. And we'll see you next week. <clears throat> I'm pretty clear on that, that I, you know, and I, I multitask too. Trust me, I, I'm, I'm as bad as everybody else. I get it, right? I got three devices here and things are going off. And But can you stay for the next 90 minutes on this moment? You know, and, and how you do one thing, right, Harv? How you do one thing is how you do everything. Yep, that's so true. Would you say to not let people in. So say the agreement is that everyone shows up at noon. Would you say that, you know, five past not letting people else in because it disrupts kind of like the flow or do you have time restrictions on when people get to join the session? Yeah, so there's a couple things. Um, first of all, you can run it as the doors close at nine. You know, with Zoom and people at home and grandkids and kids running, see, I said grandkids because I've but with kids running around or cousins or nieces or nephews or a dog or a cat, it's very different now. So I realize there's how many times have people been five minutes late? They're like, I'm so sorry. I had to take my dog out so he wouldn't have to pee in the next nine, you know, things like that. Um, I have had a little bit, I've been more lenient. So what I've basically said, if I've got a call starting at nine, we're going to get going. There's two ways to do it. Either we're going to get going at 9.06, right? Do it. Do a time that really messes with their brain. Or do you, if you want to get them all on time, say from 8.50 to 8.58, unrecorded 
I'm going to do a training on because that gets everybody on early. So from 851 to 858, I'm going to do a seven minute training on your best branding technique, <clears throat> on your best move to social media, what the hell clubhouse is, whatever that is, that will get people on early. And then the commitment of the group, that's where you have to have a commitment of the group. The commitment of the group is that we start at nine o'clock and by 903, we're locking the doors. Is everybody committed to that? Good. Is no whining zone? Fantastic. Now, you can do it where, though, if for any reason you know, like, I've got to drop off the, the dog at the vet or the kids here or I'm jumping off a plane, let us know ahead of time. Then we know to let you in and, and, and the group knows. So yeah. you're still part of one family. I'm okay with that. But yeah. I'm pretty tight on time. I'm, I'm okay when people communicate like, oh, I, I have this big mm -hmm. meeting or I'm, you know, part of this workshop today. I'm not going to be able to make it on. And then it's like, okay, well, you communicated and things come up. And so there's always things that are going to come up. Um, so I definitely like that communication. And I think it's respectful to the group as well to share, hey, like, I'm not going to make it today because of X, but kind of not showing up, not communicating. It's it's, uh, you know, leaving the group feeling like, oh, well, you know, you're not coming, showing up for us today. That's right. And people who leave early without a reason. I mean, emergencies come up, but I, you know, the, the groups that I work with always know, they just drop me a note saying, you know, I'm, I can only be on for 55 minutes. And what they'll say is, is that okay? Does that work? And I can look at the break time or when we're going to move to the next section and say, yeah, that works perfect. Or actually that's, that will be very disruptive today. So why don't we catch you next time? Yeah. And that's, you know, powerful to say like, you know, next time, because that's not going to work for what the schedule is. And I think too, um, it even makes people feel uncomfortable when they enter and it's like, <sighs> they've missed a round that was important. And now they're kind of just showing up and everyone else has shared and it's like, okay, well, you, you weren't there for them at, when they were sharing. So it's, it kind of disruptive in that way. What do you see some common um, errors that entrepreneurs make when they're creating their mastermind or when they're you know, building their community in general for their business? What are some errors that you see that are common mistakes? Yeah, a couple things. This is <clears throat> number one, it's a networking group. That's the biggest number one thing. You know, it just, it's just like a glorified networking group. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and that's that's really an issue because people start to go, God, this is another networking group. So with a mastermind, it's always good every time you come to the mastermind, not only are each other working on each other's businesses, but maybe every couple of times to have a topic you're going to cover. So it's something that's a little different, you know. Do a, do a five-minute training on a topic. How does that fit within your business? And now we're going to go mastermind that for each business. So that's one way to take it out of that realm. Um, you know, the other thing that happens in, in, in the, the biggest mistake is I'm creating my mastermind because I want more clients in a bigger community. And if you create your mastermind because you're truly being of service and want to help others, then you're going the right direction. Um, you know, if you take a look at the mastermind, you know, it peaks, um, you know, the gold master was 25 K. Um, we could have charged a lot more cause we were working in a system that could have charged double that. But I always said, it's not, it can't be about the money. It, it's gotta be about the right clients it used to drive them crazy at times because there are clients I would turn away. I'm like, this person is all about themselves and will take down the mission of the mastermind. The other members will know it.
Um, so I think it's also selection who is in your mastermind. There's a tendency of I'll just bring everybody in, whether it's free or comp or, or a community. And I think you have to start to who do you want in there? Who fits the mastermind? And, and really, is everybody there to be of service? Do you think that it's better to have um, a mastermind in which people pay a monthly fee to be a part of it or, you know, a membership fee to be a part of it? Or do you think that it's better just to have it open? Um, uh, from So the masterminds that I've been watching for the last couple of months, because I've had several speakers and friends ask me just to take a look at what they're doing or, or you know, jump on a call quietly, you know, in the background, which is on Zoom, which is funny. I got to turn my camera off and say, like, connecting to audio. But um, the, the freebie ones, people drop in and out. There, the the commitment is not there, and we've seen it over and over and over and over. Unless it's unless it's your long term clients that are all getting together. So I've always believed in some kind of membership mentor model um, where there is there's if there's some investment. Now you're not talking a big right, it doesn't have to be, but if there's some investment, then you get members who show up more. You get members who and and it's not just the investment financially; it's the investment also. Tell them where where the member the mastermind is going to go in a year. Tell them what the direction is. Tell them your vision for it. That's where people will stay on longer and show up. And at the same time, um, you know, some people do a, like a monthly. The problem with monthly is that's so easy to turn off and that lose that connection. So if you're going to charge for, let's say your mastermind is is five grand. I'm just just throwing a number out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> your mastermind is five thousand a year or monthly payments of $70. Well, that's a lot more money, right? I mean, you know, not not 70, but it's like 700. You know, you do something so the monthly is so much more that people are going to just do the pay in full because when they do the pay in full, they're committed. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They're committed and they, they're expecting something. Um, and there's two theories around this. And you know this in, in marketing. Do I get massively a million people in there or do I get, you know, a thousand incredibly committed raving fans? And there's theories to both. And I know people will go both ways. I've started to reach the point. I'd rather have the thousand committed. I think with Mastermind, I like the concept of having people that are committed, that are going to show up, that are going to be of service because it's, I, I, I always have some advice to give when people make their ass, but like, it's nice to have other people share their perspectives too. It's just kind of the worst when it's like crickets. And then I'm like, okay, well I have something to say to help everyone. Right. <laughs> That's right. The other thing too, you know, when you do in the sharing part, I totally forgot. I'm sorry. I'm digressing a moment is to make sure that somebody doesn't also use all the time with their ideas. Oh, you should do this. You should do this. You should do. Okay. That, that takes away the three to five minutes that other people could have shared. So I'm always very careful of that. And, and I watch their language too. You should, no one's going to do anything. You know, there, there are suggestions for them to use. So throw them out in a bullet point suggestive way. I'm, I'm also always watching language because that language shows their commitment too. Okay. So let's speak about that. Instead of saying you should do X, Y, and Z, how would you phrase that? Yeah. A couple different ways. Um, so I look for clients to say things like, um, if it was me, right. Or you can, you can frame it for yourself or it's very simple. So, uh, John, that's, that's really interesting in your business. Um, have you tried 
Have you, you know, have you tried a mastermind? Have you tried a mastermind that opens daily? Um, I've also thought about blah, blah, blah. It takes, a, you just take the shoulds out. Uh, we, a lot of people start with the should, you know, well, you should do this and you should do that. And you should, well, we don't like shoulds. Um, what about could, cause I think I use could, I'm like. Could is okay. Could well, is okay you, can, you can try, you know, going here and doing X. I, I use can and could. Yeah, can can is okay, but can I do it? Can I not do it? It starts to throw a little. And look, you can get so particular about this. Nobody wants to be in your mastermind. But <clears throat> I think I always try to do like like I statements. You know, it's it's framing it for myself. Um, you know, if it was me in your situation, I might do blah 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 blah. Or you know, it's just I just take off. I take away the shoulds. I take away the can'ts. Um, just those things that will stop the community. Butts are no good because butts are negation. Um, and you can get, again, really critical, which is I always find within my masterminds, I always have a partner in there or somebody else. And I am too. I'm an NLP practitioner. But somebody who's good at language who can pick those little things up because it just helps the group keep moving. And But you don't have them stop every moment because that's boring. Nobody wants to hear that. So at the end, they'll do a wrap up. And by the way, as we communicated today, a couple of things I've heard. So it's great within communication. What if we try this skill next time? Let's all do this. What's this? How about a suggestion for next time? People are okay with suggestions. Yeah. I think that's interesting. <clears throat> I've tried to start uh, listening to some books on, well, audible books on NLP and, and the way that you phrase things because language is, you know, important and it can empower somebody or disempower somebody, even if your intent is good. That's correct. It's the intention. And, oh, just because you're a mentor studio member i'm about to upload a 12-hour training in nlp complimentary so anyways um so yeah jump all over that but i think it is that it's it's what's the intention i think for masterminds the critical piece are what's the intention right what's the intention why are you creating the mastermind what's your own intention what's the one-year vision the three-year the five-year um and what's the structure of your mastermind and i tell most people oh my god stop stop Oh my gosh, stop building it on your own. Hire somebody one time to build your mastermind and then you're off and running and make sure that they've done it for some of the major players that were not networking events. That's the biggest thing I always say. You know, invest a little money in yourself. Invest because everybody's got a mastermind now and I've been to a lot of them and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like I'm in, and I love BNI. I was in BNI for 12 years, right? I was a president of business, but I, I feel like I'm a little bit in a BNI again, or it's the same. You just took the structure, <clears throat> but you're not really doing a mastermind. And I think that's the biggest piece. So I get invited to go to a lot of masterminds and then give helpful hints, tips, and things like that. And they pay me in a lot of their own ways because it's not about the money for me. I just want a good masterminds out there, you know, because it, it helps all of us. Yeah, for sure. Tell us a little bit more about the mentor studio. The mentor studio for me is really a legacy product. Um, you can just go to the mentorstudio.com. The mentor studio is, is a podcast. It was a podcast that really grew up to bring mentoring to those less fortunate. And the, and the goal really in 2022 is we're going to take it on a, on a world tour and we're going to go to villages and we're going to go to those that are underserved. We used to use the term less fortunate, but I was told let's stop using that term because um, what does that really truly mean? It's those that are underserved and underserved are people who might not be able to afford the mentoring. And you have to realize when you step into a community that's barely just making um, able to get water and food, you have to start there. 
you have to meet them where they're at. So we're meeting partners around the world. We have mentors like in 12 countries looking at this who have worked in villages and communities. And really the first part of mentoring is sustainability. So then, you know, we have mentors that will work on mindset. And then if they're ready, social media, right? It, it, whatever, wherever they're at, but you have to meet them where they're at. So it's really a legacy product for uh, a lot of us who are mentors around the world to create something different. Um, and we've, you know, we've kept the price point very low. And somebody said, well, why do you even charge for it? You know, and I said, because you have to think of it this way. And somebody also told me this and I loved it. If you, if you have, you have red blood cells and red blood cells really create, they bring the oxygen to the body, right? That's what's the transport system. If you have, you know, and we could have charged a lot for it because we have big names. It's just, and even my podcast alone, and we could have charged a little bit for it. And you have to think of it this way. If I have too many red blood cells, it's not good. If I have too few red blood cells, it's not good. <clears throat> so what you have to realize is that a business needs it needs some engine. It needs a little bit of that gasoline to move it forward. It needs a little bit of the solar wind to hit the wind panels, whatever that is. Um, and within your own business, for those of you really on that mission of to be of service or leave a legacy product, it's okay to charge, okay? It's okay to have people invest in their future what your job is, you become how you're going to manage it. And are you really going to do what you say you're going to do? So for us, it's a legacy piece. We're taking it around the world. <clears throat> we include mentoring and NLP courses. And there's lots that come with it because all the mentors are just throwing things in. Um, but it's really a group of individuals uh, who are been in this industry for a long time. We have people actually who are new in the industry joining now because they want to be on the mission and the vision to go into villages, go into communities that are underserved, meet them where they're at. And right now that's what we're doing. Almost every other week we're on a call and we're planning it and we're very excited by it. Um, and, you know, we have stages that are presented to us and speakers are like, this is an amazing mission. How can I help? And it's been, it's been awesome. Uh, one of my buddies, a big producer in Hollywood, uh, he's got the longest running show on Hallmark and he ran the family channel. He's like, I'm in, I'll pay whatever it takes because it's mission driven. It's about the vision, the long term. And that's what I love about it. And so, yeah. and that's what, you know, really had me drawn to supporting this as well. Cause it's, you know, we have opportunities, you know, growing up in different places, there's just different opportunities that are presented to you. And so I think it's really cool to support other people and, and meet them where they're at so that we can build our communities and help one another. You know, people always are looking to the institution to do the things. We all individually can create so much in the world. Maybe it's helping our family. Maybe it's helping our neighborhood. Maybe it's helping our block, you know, whatever it is. Like we have the ability to generate and create better and more for one another. Well, that's something, it's funny. I, I just asked the mentors the other day. I said, so what have you done today? What have you done today to be of service and in your community? Because part of what's the, the decision is not only will we do this longer term, it was going to be 2021, but we got a little thing called COVID here. Um, you know, and, and, and so we're praying for the loss that's been created because of that. You know, um, and at the same time, what are you doing in your community for the next year before we all travel together? What are, you know, from a, on the podcast, how are you supporting your community? 
Um, and that's really become part of the mission because people are hurting everywhere. And I mean, just are you supporting your local restaurants? It's the one thing in the community I live in, uh, you know, where, where it used to be a bedroom community, we now have like 80,000 people, um, but we support the local restaurants. We, we help them. We order more food than we normally would or go there more often to help them ride the wave. Uh, because it's, it's in, you know, in, in the Northwest, it's cold, it's rainy, it's not as easy to pop open an outdoor, right? So um, I'll sit there in the freezing and we'll still order, we order. And, th and that's, yeah, you look at everything you do is how am I being of service to others? And how am I going to make a difference? And how do I also, when you're mission driven and you're next to big names, like like Steve again, you know, if people want to be in all, this man, like not longest running Sean Hallmark, nine years, that's called residual income. But um, you don't just, you don't just join because you want to get next to a big producer. You join to be on the mission and be of service, and then everybody together starts to build businesses and work together. And that's a critical piece. Always be of service. Yes, for sure. So I have one fun kind of quirky question to ask that I ask all my guests. If you could be a superhero, what would your two superpowers be? Oh, that's really good. Okay, so the superhero I always wanted to be, um, it actually growing up, it was Spider-Man. Right. Spider-Man was, you know, and it was it was be, be able to even though it's a web based being able to fly right through the buildings um, and then for some reason be able to stick to the side of a building and just be able to climb up things. I don't know why that always as I got a little older, the the flying concept and you know, really became big and invulnerability. So Superman really came up for me um, and it was really to be able to fly. And just to be able to see things from a different perspective and to be, um, you know, again, he still had his kryptonite, right? We all have a kryptonite in life. But to have that, that, that invincibility to be able to help others really relates to, I think, some of the things that I'm trying to build in my life. Um, and looking at the kryptonites out there, which are the people that you don't want to work with. Um, so that's what Superman at this point. But I think Spidey's still in there somewhere. So. <laughs> My two superpowers that I'd want is to be able to fly uh -huh. and to speak every language in the world. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, I like that one. I'm going to have to write that down. That wow. way you could communicate and help more people because you'd be able to actually communicate with them. That's right. I think that's great. That's a great concept because, right, I only, I speak English. <laughs> that's, you know, and actually my half sisters are Cuban, so they're fluent in Spanish. Um, and they just say, Michael, you don't have to speak. It's your accents. Not so. um, <laughs> but, you know, the the Cubans, right? But the, the great thing about that, I think, is, is I love what you just said, because that's part of why I think we're bringing in mentors who speak so many languages. Because we can, you know, we can cover and all the businesses I've worked with and, you know, Peaks and Power Team and, and how do we get to the masses is we do have to speak other languages and we do have to present it because it's different when you train in Spanish. It's different than when you train in English. There's different colloquialisms. There's different thoughts, the way they think, the business, the language, Mandarin. Look at Mandarin. There's no way even basic Mandarin I could train. Um, so that's that's a great superpower. You picked a really good one. I'm always fascinated when um, there are events in different countries and the, and the speaker speaks a particular language and then they have the headsets yes. and then, you know, the speaker will say what they say and then about like 10 seconds later, then they'll laugh at the joke and it's like, oh, they got the joke like 
translated to them that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, well, that's the first time I was ever put on a, on a bigger stage was, I think it was 2010 in, in Singapore, in Singapore, uh, Harv, Harv threw me up because he had to go get on calls and we had seven, seven languages. So there were seven and the translators usually had scripting for what, cause he talks very fast. Very, very, he's, he's always going. And so for my piece, they're like, we have nothing. So please don't talk too fast and crack too many jokes. Um, and I thought, you know, and it was, you had to do a cadence. You had to sort of, and so part of it for me was I actually got, I got off the stage. And you know, in Singapore, you got 4,000 people in front of you at the expo and the stage is 50 foot high. So first thing I did was I got off the stage to create a report to an audience had no idea who I was. Like, who is this guy? Doesn't matter, Harv, just, we just want Harv. Um, and, and secondly, I just learned to slow down a little bit, but still put power into everything. I said it was fun, it was great, but it was. It's the rolling wave we call it, the laugh. Like, okay, all right, here goes the joke, you know, and you can see it roll all the way to the back, <clears throat> and then then you got to remember when you crack a joke, it doesn't make sense in every country, so you yeah. have to take a look at what you're actually saying. Yeah, there's definitely even people that speak English. There's jokes or, or manners and saying things that don't even relate to different parts of the country either. No, we once we did an event at Ali Pali in London. We had and Ali Pali's weird because we had five thousand people, but it's like five thousand long. So it's it's like you're running a mile to get through the audience because the rows are only like twenty across. You got five thousand people. Um and and our and our trainer did a um this is uh, 15, 16 years ago. It's a joke he always used, but it's sort of a church joke. And we tried to say to him, you know, England is still a church state. So we're not sure how even though they're dry sense of humor, we get that all. This is more of an a, a Aussie American joke. And he did. He cracked the joke and it was it was there was it was crickets. <laughs> you know, so you have to adapt and we said, don't do it. It's like don't do it. Um and you do you have to watch your audience and because you don't want to insult people either. Yeah, you, know, you don't. We're not up there as comedians to insult people. But actually, if you are a trainer or speaking, the first thing I tell people is go get comedic training because comedic training is all training is all about timing. I remember when um, I first started speaking, everyone's like, oh, yes, tell a joke. And I'm like, I'm not very funny. Like, I don't I'm not a joke kind of tell in person. And so I tried it. And then I was like, yeah, this is not going to work for me. So I just kind of like make comments like in a cutesy funny way about certain things and that people like something that we all do and then I'm like yeah you know we all do this thing and then people laugh because they're like yeah we do it we're guilty of it but I don't I gave up on trying to make the jokes because I'm just not funny <laughs> yeah it, it's okay you know and that's and some people think they're funny and they're not funny so that's even worse it's good to know that it's what your repertoire is and also if you take a look at like Seinfeld which is the still the most watched show in the history of everything and around the world except for Game of Thrones um, well actually we could do Walking Dead too but that's another story for another day um you know uh, you can do seinfeld references almost in any country and half the audience will get it it's the funniest thing to see sure. um, because it is so watched out there and and i used to do on stage i used to talk about game of thrones and walking dead because whether you like the shows or not or whether you think it's too violent or not when you have that many people watching it and that distribution which has never been seen on this planet you've got to figure out what they're doing for your own business how are they hooking people in week after week? What is it within that storyline that you could actually bring into your own mastermind or your own community that will keep pull So, you know, what The Walking Dead did, which is brilliant, is they created the talking show right after it, right? The Talking Dead. 
So that became one of the number one talking shows on the history of the planet. And, and so they created a community off a of community. It was brilliant. Just brilliant. That's cool. And, yeah. And they, they're the two largest, probably, if you look at marketing and branding uh, on the planet. So it's pretty amazing. Except for Amazon, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for being on here. Everyone should check out thementorstudio.com. Um, it's a great opportunity to be a part of a mastermind as well as um, get amazing trainers from that amazing trainings from amazing speakers from all over the world. I know that there's people in Australia and, you know, throughout the Europe and the United States. And so there's a lot of really interesting people that are part of the Metro Studio right now. Yeah. And the podcast is really, you know, for those of you who just need it, you know, need another podcast, not that you do, but um, the podcast, I do interview some of the best on the planet in many different ways. And um, it's been on hiatus for just six weeks, but we're going to get going again with some actually guests that I'm so honored to have on in some industries that were used to be my favorite. Um, so you guys will see who they are. They're big players. If you know anything about the Tony Robbins world or the music industry, you'll know the names when I have them on the show. So, and, and it's learning lessons from everybody out there. And I think that's a big piece. So just honored to have all of you on there. And Farhana, this has been amazing today. Thank you. So you're so easy to work with <laughs> and you, you make it very comfortable that sometimes, you know, it, being an interviewer or being a narrator, you have to make it, you have to just make it easy and you do, and you do brilliant at that. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on here. For all of you that are listening in, be sure to subscribe to the Brand Boutique Elite podcast on any platform that you prefer. Thanks everyone. Have a wonderful day. Bye everyone. <laughs>